to Nix's podcast, Aims for the Stars. Tonight we're joined by Sorry Pluto. I'm Aims. Would you like to introduce yourself, Sorry Pluto? Hi, I'm Church. I'm the bass player for Sorry Pluto. Hi, I'm John. I'm the guitar player slash backup vocalist for Sorry Pluto. And I'm Aaron. I'm the lead vocalist for Sorry Pluto. Hi there, guys. Welcome tonight. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hey. So we're going to start off with how was music introduced to you and how has it influenced you from your early years? Uh, for, uh, for me personally, it was my parents growing up. It was a lot of classic rock, uh, anything from Tom Petty to, uh, I don't know, Rod Stewart to you name it, I guess. Uh, my parents were listening to it. And then as I kind of grew up and got through middle school, junior high and stuff, I listened to more of my sister's stuff, which was the grunge rock, Stone Temple Pilots and all that stuff. And kind of got into that stuff. So that was it for me. And then I, when I got into high school, I discovered like Incubus and stuff. And that's where I kind of decided I wanted to start playing music myself. I was in like eight bands. <laughs> um, I uh, personally, my parents were both musicians for my entire life growing up. Uh, my mom was a music teacher and actually, funny enough, taught Aaron uh, in middle <laughs> school. Uh, she we talk about that every now and again, but um, but yeah, so they've always been musicians. So it was like just fortunate for me to grow up around that all the time. Uh, my mom showed me how to play a bunch of stuff. Obviously, we were just the music uh, was always running through the house all the time. Always had music playing, and they're actually still playing in bands to this day. They just had a gig last weekend, and they're both well. Dad's almost seventy, my mom's seventy-two, and so they're still out here doing stuff. So it's just really, it's just always been fun to have like a fully immersed music background all the time. So that's basically uh, my background, how it started. But then obviously Metallica and all this crap starts feeding its way into your life, and then you. Um, that's what did a lot of my of guitar inspiration, I should say. And there's a lot of guitarists like Paul Gilbert and a lot of heavy hitters that are kind of more just virtuoso dudes who aren't, I would even say, aren't really known as well for their bands <laughs> as much as they are just for the like how, how well they play. Um, but those are usually my idols just because they, they just, they're inhuman types of folks. So I, I like watching those types of fellas. But yeah, and it just kind of took off from there. And I've always just been playing in bands and never want to really stop if I can keep going so that's kind of where my story is uh for me growing up not too many musicians in my family um i was the youngest out of all my like cousins and my siblings and stuff like that um so i kind of got like a lot of their musical taste growing up like you know cousins who listen to listen to nirvana pearl jam all that kind of stuff and then i was at one of my friend's house and their older brother showed me Nimrod by Green Day. And like, that really got me started on the pop punk track. And then, you know, going from there to Green Day to like, you name it. And that's how I became the pop punk kid I am today. Well, <laughs> pop, uh, pop punk, you know, middle-aged guy, I guess now. <laughs> Quarter life, quarter life crisis. Quarter life, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny, like, that you say that, just sorry to add in, but, like, because I feel like pop punk, for when I was in my, like, from 18 to 25, I was always like, this stuff is kind of lame, it's cheesy, they're singing about cheesy stuff, and I was just all about the heavy stuff and metal and whatever, and now I'm just fully subscribed to the cheese, like, I love it so much now, so it's, like, kind of a weird change of pace for me over the years, but. 
Oh yeah, and it helped. It helped you know me get through all my angsty stuff when I was in high school, and then you know start to like. It, it's kind of cool how that genre has really evolved since we've grown up too. You know, to now you get to like the Wonder Years, where they're like a lot more serious and talking about their mortgages and moving to the suburbs <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Really like, we sing about jelly donuts and booty stuff. <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> mm. So yeah. That's it. It's wonderful to see that you've all had family and friends around you that have influenced you. Um, it, you know, it's hard for some people, or I've seen in previous interviews, people finding out where they belong or where they come from, but just listening to the parents or what they even just listen to, it's, it's a really big influence. So it's nice to see all three of you experience that. And then obviously Aaron with John's parents as well. <laughs> your right, <mom>. yeah. <laughs> you kind of got bad taste though when your mum taught them as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, you'd be like, oh, I can tell you practiced. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. She she would be happy to know I have a little bit better work ethic than I did with trombone when I was in sixth grade. So but, yeah. oh, don't worry, I suffered that wrath plenty of times. It's no, no <laughs> It's nice to see you both come to the ideas and all of you come to the punk rock ideas and felt that it was something different to use and utilize within rock. Because like you said, people can see it as cheese, but it can add fun. It can bring you out in a different mood. It's it's so much more lighthearted. And I think sometimes we need that in our music. Like you said, in metal, it can get very heavy and they can start talking about a lot of really heavy things. And it's good that we've got that, but you've got to remember, we do have this side where we have that inner child that likes to come out sometimes and punk rock allows us to do that. That's perfect. Well, and it was definitely a sense of identity. Like, I mean, John, you can probably, like, agree with this because, like, our towns were very similar in size. Like, both small towns, like, everyone in my town listened to country music. And, like, it was just, you know, me and, like, the group of kids that I hung out with that all were li listening to, like, punk rock and stuff that wasn't on the radio yeah, that dude. we had to drive 45 minutes to get CDs for or illegally yeah. download on LimeWire and Napster, <laughs> like, you know. Well, it was like, corn. We got, I got way into, like, corn System of a Down, uh, Disturbed for a while when I was younger. So it's like, yeah. I felt so cool and, <laughs> and independent because no one at my school, Atreyu, I started getting into Atreyu. Yeah. No one at my school was listening to this stuff besides, like, me and, like you said, your core group of friends. So we're like, yeah. you look at all these nerds listening to Shania Twain. And that can happen as well, Garnet. There could be people who are in totally different things than yourself, and you've still got to push on to your own identity to say, no, that's actually what I like. But with punk rock, you get to rebel a little and yep. just leave it on and let them listen. Because <laughs> yep. it's something for everybody. Absolutely. So how did you all get into writing music or getting into making music yourselves in the beginning? I uh, just kind of, I got a bass when I was 18 years old and I never really have been formally trained or anything like that. I just had some friends that were playing acoustic guitar at the time and they had a band and it was like two acoustic guitars and I think a bass player, but then the bass player left and I was like, I'm going to get drums. But then I looked at drums and I was like, oh my God, these things are expensive. So <laughs> no thanks to you. My parents got me a, uh, a guitar, a bass when I was 18 and I just kind of started learning through tabs. And then before I know it, I was jamming with my buddies and just learning stuff. And then by the time I was 19, we started a band called Illegal Smile and started doing stuff. And that's how I met a lot of the people that are 
here today. Not so much Aaron, but everybody yeah, else. Yeah. Everybody else that's in the band is kind of from those days, just meeting similar-minded well, folk. Well, Pluto used to actually be half Illegal Smile. Well, not half, but it was like his current vocalist in that band was our vocalist originally, and that just didn't pan yeah. out, you know, and whatever. Yeah. So. That's kind of all bands really end up being is like you play with other bands for years and then you kind of start cherry picking who <laughs> you want. Yeah, yeah, That guy rips. I want to jam with him. Literally. <laughs> Before yeah. you know it. Literally. <laughs> Got another I didn't even know Aaron sang until he came to audition. And right. he just like nailed this stupid high note that I first <laughs> do. I'm just uh, like, uh, what up with that? What's that guy doing? <laughs> and so... So that, <laughs> that happened, but sorry, continue on church. Sorry. That's pretty much all I got as far as how I got into playing music. And then I, I mean, immediately started playing shows with it. Back in the day, they had a, a book your own band night at our big bar in Waterloo called the Reverb, which is no longer, but that's how I got going. And then we got a good relationship with those guys and uh, basically carried us into doing a lot more shows for national acts and stuff like that. And then as soon as I got over the, uh, Initial stage fright of the first, you know, six, seven shows. It just became a real love of mine to get up on stage and play music for anybody that's willing to listen and enjoys it, you know? It's addicting. I mean, that's it the is. biggest thing. Like, just when you have, I don't know, it's like a weird feeling, because I guess I'll <coughs> start my segment. <laughs> is uh, like, I started on drums, actually. My folks gave, got me a drum set um, when I was a kid, and which I still can play a little, but I played a lot more back in the day. Um, it was such a good stress relief. You just bang the hell out of them. I lived on a farm. Nobody could hear me. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, but then my buddy in high school, Maddie gave me, or, uh, he had a guitar and started showing me some stuff. I'm like, God, that's so cool. And you just pick it up and play it any time of the day. So I just started learning from there. And, you know, like I said, my mom would show me little tidbits here and there because she was a touring musician for years too. And, but she only plays chords. She's not like really a shredder by any stretch, but <laughs> it helped me get the foundation of what I wanted for sure. Um, and then, you know, me and some buddies um, in high school just started doing, you know, talent shows and garage, like graduation parties. And we knew like six songs. Uh, so it's kind of like, yeah, you get us for 20 minutes and then we're going to ruin your house. Like, it's, <laughs> um, but remember, our first song we ever learned as a band was uh, I Love Rock and Roll. And we, we played that song about tw <laughs> about 15 times in a row. Uh, about one time, my dad came out. He's like, hey, uh, buddy, uh, you got to learn something else. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. But... Yeah, and then, like you said, dude, it's like, uh, it's, what, but when you're in front of people and there's a certain energy, you can't really relate to anything else in the world, even if it's a small show, but there's like three dudes just going ham and love what you're doing and show support, or just that one guy in the corner making like the, the face, that's all I see, <laughs> I see that face. dude, that guy in the corner making that dope face, the stank face, um, because it's something you just keep chasing, it's, it's very much druggish, like, there's that energy you feel from the crowd when it's going well, the conversations after the show. It's just a very consistently euphoric vibe almost at any show I play, especially when you're playing with groups, the, like people that you really enjoy playing with makes it a hundred times better on top of that. So I just kind of kept playing for years, went on tour a few times. Um, and like I said, it's just, it's hard to let go of. It's, it's very much for your identity. And I think I had an identity crisis after my last band stopped where it's just like, what do I talk to people about? 
I don't want to talk about my job. Or what I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about. Yeah, so I started mowing, and I did like this really cool pattern on my lawn. No one cares, bro. Like I, I don't want anything to do with that. And Mortal so, Kombat yeah. combos. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> video games. I mean, obviously, you know, video games is another another discussion, another podcast, you know. But, um, but yeah, that that that's important too. But yeah, I was like finally finding this group of guys. I've been kind of just over the moon with everything. I've been having such a fun inspiration. It's been so inspiring to just like kind of get writing again and have a new fresh blood in the band and stuff like that. So I've been having a blast. Uh, for me, I got together with a group of guys from high school. We all just kind of figured out what instruments we wanted to play. Uh, we started playing. It was mostly a cover band. Um, and it was a lot of Blink-182, Green Day, Taking Back Sunday, Yellow Card, like that era of music and we would play a couple like school dances here and there backyard shows that kind of thing um but like i only really ever had one friend from that group that was super interested in writing original stuff so like we would just do that you know on a random saturday we would go get crappy fast food and then eat that and then just try to write something um and then just as you know we went off to college and hard to get in sync with like a group of guys who you really fit with um, music style wise and schedule wise and stuff. And then of course, as you get, you know, your first, you know, adult job and, you know, priorities like rent and mortgages and all that sort of stuff take precedent. And then um, Matt, the drummer for our band was actually my college roommate. And that's how he let me know that these guys were looking for a guitar player. So I auditioned to play guitar and do some backup singing, and that's how I got here today. Well, I was just going to say, too, uh, sorry, um, I just remembered. It's like you learn covers first. You learn all the covers right. you like, and then you you fiddle through what god-awful version of an original you want to make. <laughs> but, right. But even that, even that like first time when you wrote a successful song, like an, a complete song with a group of friends, that's the that's that feeling where it's like you can just endless pride and obviously you think your first song's like this is gonna make us huge dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We we really got something on this song that we barely made it through together. Like you know, we, we ended on all different at all different times, but you know, man, we got something. Mm -hmm. I think there's always a certain level of pride that goes with just writing a song with any group of friends you have. It's been then another whole another level of pride when that same group of friends that you wrote with and that their group of friends love it, you know, and they connect yeah, with right. it. It's like, yes, validation. Like, yeah, validation. The, <laughs> the feelings we were feeling were transferred well. This is this is good. <laughs> well, I think what's funny about this band, we just, we talk a lot of trash, but I think we also sort of. It's weird. We in, like something that we do in rehearsals and stuff. We constantly like almost throw offensive compliments at each other all the time <laughs> like i don't know i find it funny we're just like we're like me or adam like we'll be like doing stupid dueling guitar part and or like adam will play something disgusting that he's never i've never heard him play but it's so good i'm just like <laughs> like it's not like you know like wow trash he's horrible i'm just like disgusting i hate how good he is it's annoying and then, right like, throughout the whole band like you know, Church will do something. We all look at him like, okay. And then Matt will throw in a fill 
out of nowhere that we all just think is sick and he's like yo i just thought i'd try it it was kind of cool and i'm just like I'll do whatever. <laughs> idiot. but yeah it's Sorry. always great when you get the magic from each other and you can share that together i think that's lovely like lots of people that we speak to once one person gets an idea and another one sparks off and another one and you're all in the genre of the same ideas it's nice that you can bring that together and you do hear it through the music, the joy and what somebody's doing. You hear the difference in the emotion. You can see that they're pushing. And like you said at first, when you first songwriting, it's all a little awkward and a little bit all over the place. But obviously in a band, it's showing that people working together, it's, it becomes something you get excited together. It's something different you can share. Uh -huh. So it's really good to see. Uh -huh. Yeah. Going back to when you began, and you've come across picking a name. How have you come across Sorry Pluto? That's a really original, obviously punk rock name. But how did it come about? We wrote down about 40 band name <laughs> ideas. Like literally, <laughs> like we had a piece of paper. We would just, whatever we thought of, doesn't matter how good or bad it was, we just put it on this list and just kind of like, well, there was like dumps like a truck and like, a bunch of <laughs> stupid nonsense. Um, but I don't know, sorry, Pluto, it just had like a weirdly cool middle ground, I feel like, where it's kind of weird. We're like, you know, sorry, Pluto's not a planet anymore. Like, it's just kind of stupid, but it's like, I don't know. Uh, we didn't really know like what kind of statement we were really trying to make, I suppose. But we just went through all those different names, and I think that one just sort of stuck out the most. Everybody just kind of vibed with that one because it was just a nice fairly catchy you know I, I think memorable name i'm not too yeah. super sure like pluto but you know. am i wrong church i don't know i, I guess that's like no, that's definitely what it is i think it just has like a very like i love the space vibe of it because i'm a space nerd and all that stuff definitely but uh just the sorry pluto i think it has a very like lighthearted like sound to it yeah. And I think our music, in a way, we have that with it, too, even though a lot of our stuff is heavier, don't get me wrong, but I think there's just a certain joy about our music that I hear. It's all lighthearted. So, yeah. So it's a very lighthearted batch. It's almost, it's almost like cartoony, and I'm not saying the music is. I'm just saying, like, the vibe of it all. It's, we're, right. all very, we're all very funny guys, and we like having a good time, and the music shows that. And Sorry, Pluto, I think the name also shows that, where it's Kind of jokey, kind of fun, but still. But we care yeah. about our craft and we want to write the songs and all that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, love I wasn't around for it, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was adopted. Pluto by default. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it is a really great name. It's, it's perfect. And it does suit all of you, every single one of you. Like, when you look at all of you singing and you think of that name, you're like, sorry, but yeah, that really is, that suits exactly what you're trying to do you see the fun in that it's light-hearted yet pretty i like that one Good. um <laughs> so for me <laughs> name kind of sucks but i don't hate the music so let's keep going <laughs> it's perfect i love it so we've got your name and how you've come about it how would you describe your music from your band um i've always uh brought up well so uh a band that really, I think, influenced, especially like our guitars and now our vocal styles is a band called Four Year Strong. Um, mostly what I hear from fans uh, is like a day to remember, but less screaming. Um, so, but usually 
how I describe it is, you know, a little bit of four year strong, a little bit of uh, newfound glory. Um, just, a, just a little bit heavier guitar riffs, but that's kind of how I describe it. Yeah. And I think I agree with everything you just said. It's kind of like a blend of several different bands, which um, I never know exactly how to describe our band to people. It's just like Aaron said, kind of heavier pop punk metal flavor thrown in here and there. Cause we do like heavy stuff. Um, but a big thing that Aaron and I focus on ever since he's come into the project, it's just kind of like expanded complete, like all my horizons as far as like how I'd want to write stuff, how he wants to write stuff. Um, because we can do like echo stuff. Cause I was the lead vocalist before, um, before we got Aaron. And so it was just fun to like the stuff we've been writing and you can kind of see it in like booty clapping where there's some like alternating stuff. We harmonize all the time. Um, that's what my ultimate goal personally was. I think I don't think everyone's going to disagree, but just having a cool blend of two different vocal things, either overlapping, harmonizing, echoing. Like we just, I, that's what I love about four years strong is like these dudes yeah. just rip back and forth constantly sound very similar. And, and they, it, they're just incredible. I absolutely, I'm obsessed with that band. They're too talented. Yeah. He's good. But. <laughs> and it's even to a point where like, I don't necessarily feel comfortable saying like lead vocalist because like this newer stuff we're writing, it's a pretty equal amount of singing. Like, cause I'll do some harmony. You do some harmony. We do some equal melody switching back and forth. So like, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm solely a vocalist, but I wouldn't say lead with this new stuff for sure. You You're know, a cheerleader. just say it. We all, we're all, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Uh, I, definitely, I definitely agree with this, what they said too. Four Year Strong is a big influence on us, and like you said, Newfound Glory. I never know what to say when people ask me that question. Like, what's your band sound like? It's like I'm not a genre snob, so I don't even know what to say. Half the time, like it's like punk rock with a little bit of heavy in it. Like I don't know, like what to say. Right. But I just kind of give them give them the best comparison to what band I could, and it would probably be a Four Year Strong, Newfound Glory type sound. Well, I think every band wants to find their, you want to sound like, sorry, Pluto. Like exactly. That, that's your ultimate goal. Right, right. But it's hard not, because people are just always going to compare you to something. There's no way to avoid it, um, which is fine. I mean, I do the exact same stuff. But I think that's why musicians hate getting asked that. Yeah. Um, rather than just, hey, just come see us. If you want to know what we sound like, go listen to it. Yeah. Go do a show, blah, blah, blah. blah. Right. Um, because I don't know, like, is when you tell them ahead of time, you never feel like you're giving a good enough example of what you sound like. So they're probably like, what a schmuck. I don't want to even go to his show or I don't want to YouTube it because it sounds stupid and he can't even yeah. decide what his band sounds like. <laughs> right. it's, it's, uh, makes for a weird, kind of a weird interaction, to be quite honest. It's yeah. like, just go check it on YouTube. We just launched a video. <laughs> right. Make sure. Uh, hopefully you like this. <laughs> so I've had, like, I've, I've told you guys this. I've had a band we played with when we were on the road that described themselves, uh, uh, a mixture between Stone Sour and Cradle of Filth, which that doesn't exist. That's yeah. not right. <laughs> right. whatever you think that comparison is. <laughs> it ain't it. I'm sorry, but right. Right. yeah. But yeah, I think we all have a similar vibe on like what we probably sound like. But that's kind of always the issue. I always kind of hate describing it to people, but it just comes with the territory, unfortunately. <laughs> I could understand it could be quite hard to explain sometimes. Um, like you say, people go into subgenres, so they're not all stuck in one place. And, you know, when you put yourself in that position, sometimes you can cut off 
your own ideas because you're trying to stay in that genre. Um, but I can understand, like you were saying, it, it could be hard to explain if you do have heaviness through your punk rock because it does have a totally different sound than one genre or just another. It is a mix there. So I could I could see you trying to find that hard to explain to people. Definitely. Um, yep. So in the beginning, you were saying you come from another band and you've had Aaron adopted in there. When did you decide Sorry Pluto was going to be a band? When did you all come together and get going there? That was probably back in 2016, Church, was that right? Yeah, right around then, yep. Yeah, uh-huh. so we've been a band for quite a while, but there were so many versions, like, because like I said, it was a five-piece, and then when uh, his vocalist, uh, Caleb, didn't stay in the band, we went on a search for a vocalist for quite a while. Yeah. Eventually just came to, we'll just do a four-piece, that's fine. Wrote an album, and then um, kind of things just started... I mean, ultimately getting kind of stagnant, sort of, because um, us and, like, the other guitar player who left, a good friend of ours, um, he just wasn't vibing the newer kind of ideas and concepts as much. So it was, like, very a mutual thing. Like, it's yeah. all good, you know. Um, but we all kind of wanted to move forward with a, a slightly more technical avenue. Like, nothing crazy mm-hmm. shreddy, but just a little bit more, you know, we don't want it to all sound like Pickle Finger. Like, <laughs> or, you know, it's like very simple stuff. But... Um, but that was kind of like a blessing in disguise for both parties, just because he has another band he's in and he's doing well in, and um, it's at a good pace for him. Um, but I don't know. It's like I say, we've been around for quite a long time, but I think just right now is kind of the rendition that I've always kind of in the back of my head always wanted for the band. Like just front man, lead vocalist. I can harmonize my to my heart's content. I can we can. You know, have two guitar players that can back and forth stuff really well. Um, I don't know. That's what I've always wanted. And finally, we kind of did it. But it's only been, what, the last year and a half? What's it been? When did you join up, Karen? Can you remember? Uh, August. It hasn't been that long. Almost so a year. Been a year yet? Nope. We're, oh, we're coming up on a year anniversary. <laughs> so, yeah. And like I said before, um, Matt, our drummer, was my roommate in college. And so, and we've... He was the best man in my wedding, so we've kept in touch a lot over the years. And he told me about Kevin quitting. and was like, hey, we're looking for another guitar player. I know you haven't played a lot in the last few years, but if you're interested, you know, try and learn it. So I sat down and worked my butt off for like three weeks trying to learn it and did like, okay, better than I thought I was going to because like I very much am just a power chord player. Like, cause I've always had to sing and play at the same time. So I've never had to play really any leads. Mm-hmm. And then, um, they, they started showing me some of their new stuff and I was like, Oh no, I'm not going to be able to play any of this. It's far too technical for me. But, uh, when they brought up the idea of bringing Adam on, who is a far better guitar player than I am, like, I don't think anyone would argue that he outplays like so oh, many people in the area. Yeah. He's oh, phenomenal. Um, so bringing Adam in to fill that guitar role and having me step in for vocals, you know, I was nervous about it cause I've never just done vocals before this band, but, uh, I felt like it was something that we could all accomplish and we were all pretty, you know, uh, similar minded for work ethic and like where we wanted the band to go. So yeah, I would say that's pretty much catches us up to now. Yeah, basically. 
it's nice that you felt you could go in there and do your vocals and feel comfortable as well amongst everybody once you got in there and started feeling comfortable and yourself John's obviously made himself feel very comfortable and the rest of the band to feel that way because as a vocalist it can be hard to come out into a band and obviously like you say you could see your blend but do I hit that blend that they're looking for so I could imagine that was that was quite worrying there at first but you know once you got into it and people understand you and you can feel comfortable it's perfect to then you know you obviously have a vibe in there that's what the band were looking for so you know eventually what they're looking for so you know it's nice that you felt settled in that way but how the band's begun there and you've come from all different places and different times and come together but yet still have that bond of music you can still hear that you're all together everything that you do individually means something to the band it's really good mix and really good blend of people yeah one well, and like him coming in too i like i i know the i've joined other bands before and the pressure is really high man like you don't know what the, oh yeah you don't know what the vibe is going to be or what anyone's looking for but so a nice advantage we kind of weirdly advantage we have like we don't none of us really live that close together um aaron lives literally two hours from me um driving but what's been kind of nice for i think the whole band situation is that when we can spend time here in the studio um and really really hammer out like what we're going for what this his whole thing is like well what do you like what do you want to sound what do you want it's like it's a wee thing like i do want it right. to be you know i do want it to be um uh cumulative to what i would like what i personally like obviously but um but once you find the biggest thing i was kind of pushing for him was just find your voice find what it is right. that you can really crack like you can really nail down and i'll just go off of that and we'll just blend our vocals together or whatever we have to do because you're never going to be the same sounding person as the other person so you just gotta just find a, the best version of you and it's been a lot of fun like seeing yeah how much easier and much more of a flow there's been for us tracking parts and like coming up with ideas because he's kind of like Aaron's really started getting a vibe for like his limits, you know, his pitch range that he's comfortable in, um, what he wants to try. And the beauty of it is he's willing to try anything. I think a lot of people I've either worked with over the years or auditioned for that matter, I'm like, all right, go ahead and sing something. They're like, you can't hear. It's like, bro, sing something. This is going to like drive me insane. Like, you have to have some inclination of confidence to like, like I said, it's high pressure, but just a little confidence goes a long way to like at least try stuff. And Aaron's not afraid to try it. Like, if it's bad, we just say, that was trash, move on, next part. And then yeah. he nails it, and it's fantastic. There's very little... We obviously, everyone has an ego. We play in a band, for Christ's sake. I mean, it's like you have an ego to some degree, right? But between each other, it's like very much... I don't really think we run into almost any issues with people being like, I'm just not feeling that, and... It's my song. I wrote it. You know, it's like we just kind of right. move on. We just figure out something else, and then it ends up being better. And we just kind of take it as a blessing in disguise in that regard. You know, so. But I, that's. I just wanted to add that in. It's been a lot of fun just being able to work with even just him and I to really hone in what he's vibing with, and it's just been a lot, lot better, a lot more confident, just taking a lot of risks, and it's been really, really fun. Yeah. Well, and also just to add to one quick thing to that, like. Uh, aside from the first couple of practices, it's like it's been good to uh, which I mean, you have to surround yourself with the right people because like 
I mean, I've definitely done some tries in practice that have been, you know, like good that have stuck with the songs. I've done some that were very, very bad. And, you know, you just kind of laugh it off and move on. And like, <laughs> it's, it's good to take surrounding people. You can take risks in front of. So, mm-hmm. and I, I'd say we all can agree that we can do that with this band. So, one hundred percent, and live's the place to do it, because you know when we're when we're in rehearsal, it's like you have the energy, you have the vibe, the adrenaline. You might as well see if it works, or at least right. gets close, and then kind of go from there. Because if you're just in your bedroom, kind of like you're not going to get the tone you want, and the the energy that you're looking for in the song. So yeah, live's where you got to just let it rip, man. Yep. You see, a lot of it comes down to trust as well, doesn't it? Everybody trusting yep. each other's judgment and not being scared to understand that the person's not trying to put you in any position. It's just constructive criticism to ensure you're going where you were supposed to be. And if it's yep. wrong, you're not going in the wrong place for the band or for yourself. But like you say, with that element of confidence, you can hear that in people's music. You can hear when you hit a bridge and somebody needs to hit heavy whether they're there or not, whether it's working or not. Uh-huh. But, um, let's take a little listen now to one of your songs. Um, we'll take um, Jelly Donut and we'll have a little talk back when we get back about how that came about. Okay, perfect. Yeah, okay, let's listen to Jelly Donut.
Okay, so we've just listened to Jelly Donut. Let's talk about that. How did we come across Jelly Donut? With the name or the the content? Everything. Um, I always like writing songs that sound like something else that they're not. Um, so if you listen to all the lyrics, it sounds very uh, love, like breakup y, toxic relationship y, like we love each other, but we can't keep this up, blah, 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 which it's not wrong, but it's just about a cop and his donut. <laughs> because, you know, it's like the whole, uh, you know, cops like donuts joke and blah, blah, blah. I always like visualized it as like he has a box of jelly donuts in his in his cruiser and he's just cruising he's just like mm, can't do it no <laughs> like just having an existential crisis and uh if you like if you if anybody feels like going back and really listening to the lyrics from the perspective of the jelly donut it's uh it's very it's like oh my god this dude's weird with his writing that's, that's very hot what was the why can't i explain the reason why i feel so empty because I'm hungry, I'm not going to come back the same. It's all so stupid. It's just, it's, it's just I, I love writing stuff where they're like, I bet somebody really hurt that guy, man. He's really speaking from the first time. I mean, yeah, but like, not about what you think it is. I promise you that. Well, I've heard multiple people when they find out it's about a cop and a donut, they're like, oh, I actually really liked that song, and like I found so much meaning. I was like, "Well, you can still have your meaning." Like, you can still do it. It's subjective. It's fine. Yeah, it's subjective. Oh my god! Yeah, it's yeah. I almost feel bad telling people about some of the meanings in our songs because they're like, "This really got me through a hard time." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. This shouldn't have. <laughs> this is really weird. Really weird content for a situation." But it's fine. It is what it is. But a lot of people like that. Like once you tell them, they're like, "Dude." That's pretty funny. Like, like, <laughs> right. Then they go and they have almost a new appreciation for the song to some degree. But yeah, that's where that ultimately came from. And also uh, Jelly Donut, along with uh, Wrong Place, Right Time, was the first two songs, I believe, that Matt really took the reins writing as far as drums go along and stuff. So if you listen to the album, you can kind of tell that those two were written towards the end and they kind of are pushing us into what we're writing like now a little bit right. more heavy, a little bit more technical, whereas the first, you know, however many songs we wrote, we're just like, okay, we need an album, we want it to be pop punky, we want it to be, like, recognizable, so there's some songs that sound like, you know, you'd hear it on American Pie in 2001, soundtrack or something like that, and some songs that are, it was very thought out, but towards the end, that those last two songs were like, oh, this is really what we want to do, those are, we're, are finding our sound a little more, you know, so... That's a big one for us too. When we hear it, we're like, okay, that's that's what we like right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah, wrong place is social anxiety because Kevin, the guitar player who uh, left the band, he he always he's always been a really he's gifted at the Irish goodbye, which is just he leaves when he's just like at a bar or at a show. He'll just take a drink. He's like. All right, he'll just leave. He won't say bye to anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, where'd Kevin go? And they're like, I think he left. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. But So that song is kind of honestly about him, where it's like, you're in the wrong place at the right time, but you'll be okay, yada, yada. It's like, it's basically just talking about having crippling social anxiety and still just getting through it 
and then just leaving when I feel like <laughs> avoiding conversations, liking to stay at home or some lyrical things in there. Um, like it's just, it's a funny concept that Kevin definitely inspired me for that one. For lyrically, sure. I should say. It's great how you come across different ideas at different times, but like you said, it's rolling into your next song. It's giving you the ideas from the musical sound, everything you've put through that, what lyrics you're coming out with, and just gives you that grit to give more or find more or a different path, but with the same attitude of what you found in the song before. You could definitely see that progression um, how would you describe your creative processes coming together? Mm. Mostly I've always written the meat of the song is really what it, like there's certain songs we've kind of tampered with, like with each other where I kind of come up with a riff, we throw around some ideas, but um, we didn't do a lot of writing in the rehearsal rooms, uh, mainly just because, like I said, the issue we had between like everybody and the other guitar player, like it, it just, we didn't have the synergy yet that like really we were like vibing with the new stuff that was we were writing sure. um and so usually um now that we're kind of more in that zone it's it's what sucks is we all live so far apart it's like hard because we have the the energy and the vibe but we don't have the 10 minute drive to like just get together whenever is the issue so what we ultimately do is just um i usually write the meat and potatoes of the song me and matt the drummer argue for about two weeks and <laughs> <laughs> then, we, then we send the whatever version we have and then typically all it is is like once we come up with a few tidbits and like a somewhat done song structure we'll send it to everybody they'll all critique it say like hey i'm not vibing the bridge or blah 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 all this other kind of stuff um and then obviously once we find and once we decide on the order of the song then me and aaron start getting into the vocal structure and all that so it's kind of a building block um, which it, it's good in a lot of ways because it lets me really sit and hammer out what I think would be good. And it lets, and by sending a recording, they can all listen to it a bunch of times and just really kind of digest what is good or bad. Um, that, because when you're playing in a room, the one thing I've had issues with other bands I've played in is like, because you're all having a good time and playing together and you come up with an order of a song, you're just all stoked. You're like, oh, this is sick. It's a new song. Sweet. Let's do it. Record it. Let's go. It's like, but you really didn't get to take the time to listen to the song and really decide what was good or not. Like, I've recorded albums where I'm still very proud of them. I still love but there's definitely parts where I'm like, oh, you're like, I, I leave that in. That's so stupid. It doesn't need to be there, stuff like that. So, like I said, it's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time because it gives us all time to listen and really dissect the music that we come up with but like um it would be nice to be able to rehearse more often and all live closer but you know it just is what it is but even without that factor i still have a blast you know more fun than i've had in years realistically yeah and like when it came to some of the new lyrics of the new stuff that's coming out like you know particularly with uh booty clapping like john had some more ideas for the melody because, you know, they had sat with it for a band, as a band for so much longer than I had. And so, like, we would send, like, record or demo recordings back and forth of, like, where we wanted the melody to go. And then I predominantly wrote the verses, and it was the first song I had written lyrics for and, like, that I really tried for in, like, 10 years. 
and I just overwrote way too many words. So we're like, eh, let's just go back and forth. Like, I, I, had, to, and, I had to reel him in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I went through probably like six drafts of that song, like easily. Oh, uh, yeah. And, of just stuff I sent you, not even counting the stuff that I threw out where I was like, oh, this is garbage. <laughs> yeah, well, and that was the funny thing is because like, he would like it, what, they, I wouldn't even say they're all bad lyrics. There were some that were just blatantly not good. Right, right. <laughs> we buffed that out, but uh, but he was like kind of rapid fire. He's like, and I'm just like, bro, it's not Eminem. Like, we gotta just like try to get some nice hooky, you know, put some space because. Right. And plus, he's singing high in so many of these parts. I'm like, bro, you're gonna blow yourself out. You're gonna get tired before you even hit the first chorus. This is crazy, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, it worked out. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, now we're finding the vibe. Like we now kind of yeah. now we kind of understand sort of what we're going for on that aspect of it. But I don't know. I just found it kind of funny how many how many lyrics you had just crammed in to one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then Church comes in with his tasty bass. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Got it on those beans. Ready to go. Well, like that's, I said, that's, that's, it, one, that's one good thing about this this incarnation of this band, though, is that we're all really like practice heads which is hard to find if you're playing in a band we all sit at home at you know and we have the free time and we play guitar play bass play you know our, our drums and learn new stuff and it's cool to have people in the band that really just want to get out and play and want to like learn new stuff write new stuff and is already like when you when you would get they send out these songs and we get to practice it's kind of unbelievable to me sometimes that Everybody in the band's got their part learned, and it's just like, okay, we can play it now, like, without playing it before, or, like, it's just mm -hmm. really, really cool and really convenient to not have to worry about, oh, God, did I forget it, or, like, did, you know, this guy forget it, or what's going on? Do we remember what we did last time at practice? And Literally. When yeah. we kind of get to skip that whole, like, whoever wrote the song, like, I'm showing Adam his parts, like, yeah. Five and three then six no third fret and then I have to do the same thing with you and yeah. then after two hours of not getting anything done besides just what you could have learned at home exactly it's right. like Jesus like there's so much more room for it. and even if because what the nice part is even if you don't know it exactly it's so much easier to be like hey is this fret four or five it's like four perfect okay let's play the song like it's never, <laughs> it's never like i have no idea what this section is like there's nothing yeah, right. not even a clue you know yeah. but then we just don't play that song if that is the case but. definitely that's saying you can see when people take time to take their practice um, and especially with you guys if you didn't rehearse you wouldn't get everybody in the good timing in the right places or you've got the hardness as well. So you've got to get that power, energy, liveliness. So that's that's a lot to do. So I can see what you mean. If you did not do that um, practice and rehearsal yourself at home, you certainly won't be keeping up with the guy next to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely very fast paced. So who's been your inspiration in music or bands that you may have come across? I know you touched on a few before in the earlier years. Is it still the same or have you got new ones? It's uh, ever-evolving for me. I kind of listen to a little bit of everything. I mean, the big one for me, as far as coming becoming a musician, was Incubus. I always was a huge Incubus fan. Uh, but throughout high school, I listened to anything from Tool to System of a Down. I was a big, you know, early 2000 rocker, you know, Linkin Park, all that stuff. Uh, New Metal, like yeah. Then, like, like I said, when I was younger, it was classic rock just because that's what my parents were listening to. And 
kind of listen to it all. Nowadays, I basically, now that we got, you know, Spotify and all that stuff, I kind of just will play something I like, and then when that's done, it'll start playing stuff that's similar to it. So it's very easy to find new stuff. I've been listening to a lot of a band called Movements lately. They're incredible out of California. Uh, I find something new every day, really, so it's kind of hard to put my finger on any one thing, but it's all inspiring, and it's all, whatever catches my ear, really, I'll put on the old radio. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I might be getting robbed. Hold on, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that be something. Just live stream, which is my gas beat in my own house. All right. All right. Dogs knock something off. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, I was gonna. Oh, they're coming back. They're coming in now to apologize. Look at these <laughs> oh, sweet babies. No, the church is act like 100 percent right. I mean, there's just like a day. Every day is different for who I want to listen to. A lot of my guitar influences were like. Like a lot of Gency stuff too, like Periphery and Animals as Leaders and stuff like that. Just because they really innovate and push the boundaries of guitar players in general. A lot of the modern sounds. Um, who play? What's that all instrumental band? Uh, that's been Polyphia. Really Polyphia. Polyphia is a big one. We're just like they're just bands for nerds. That's it. Yeah. Like they don't. It, what's so funny is like when you go to those concerts, like if you go to like an ACDC concert, everyone's just like, Bleh! like they, they're conversating. <laughs> like, how awesome is this? We get to finally say ACDC. But you go to like Periphery, they're like, man, I love that amp he's playing. God, the tone is just so good. Oh, that guitar. Like, they're all nerds, dude. Every single one of them. <laughs> super fans that just aren't as good as that guy. Like, um, but I love that kind of stuff. But like you said, there's stuff that pops up on Spotify where I'm like, Holy crap, like We Were Sharks, I love that band. They're like a bunch of, they're actually older dudes, but they play just insanely great pop, the, punk. pop punk. It's so yeah. good. It's in, yeah, um, amazing. I've been stuck on those guys too. Dude, right? Yeah. Like They're just so hooky and straightforward and like yeah. have a lot of energy. Yep. And, but then I'll also listen to like doom and death metal and like all sorts of nonsense just because it makes me feel nice. But, um, yeah, ever evolving would be the perfect word for my experience with music. Yeah, and then also when oh. we're talking about the uh, the gent stuff, it's kind of weird to bring that up because uh, our drummer Matt, he was in a three piece band, and we was talking about all that nerd rock and you know people being so obsessed with it. He was in this band called Feet to Fall Over, and those guys were a three piece, and they were one of the most incredible bands I've ever seen musically, and like. Everybody that was in the bar when they would play, like in our small towns shows and stuff, would be like, either what is going on, or they were like musicians and they were just sitting there, like with their minds blown, like jaws on the floor, like these guys are too good, like what Dude. is going on. So well, I, completely, I completely relate to that with what John was saying. Everyone's just like, if you're a musician, you're stuck to the stage, and if you don't get it, you're kind of just like, eh, what's going on here? I can't bob my head to this or something, you know? So yeah, it's very polarizing style of music. Is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, for like influences, like I mean, I loved listening to Jordan from Newfound Glory growing up. Like things he does with his voice, incredible. Um, same with Nick from Hit the Lights. Like I wish I had yeah. his like the control over his range, especially his upper stuff. Like he just does unreal things. Um, I really like Dan and Alan's vocal writings from Four Year Strong. Like. The way they arrange their vocals where like you don't know what you want to sing, whether you want to sing the harmony or the melody, because like they're both so catchy and on point. Um, it's cool because we can. We can right. Yeah. Right. And then 
lyrically probably one of my like two bigger influences uh keith buckley uh formerly of every time i die loved how like poetic and raw he can get and that's something i'm trying to do more um but uh dan campbell from the wonder years like just his way of literally putting like in the simplest at times but just like perfect way of getting the point across that he wants to get and like the way he conveys emotion in his voice is just it's awesome to see live and you can really feel it through their music and yeah so those are probably my biggest influences right now uh -huh. say, especially doing vocals like those are some yeah really good dudes to base your like, yeah good lord yeah i mean i'll never touch it well you know i can try but like man it's really cool, especially having seen so many of those guys live, you know, and seeing what they do on stage and how they control a crowd and then what they're able to pull off on album versus like live. And then it's, it's just a super cool thing to watch. So it's ever, yeah. but it's ever growing for you though, too, dude, like you've, you've only been a you know, front man for <laughs> a year, dude. Like these yeah, are guys you know. been doing it for 20 years, like, and like, I've I've been nothing but excited to see like how where it can all go. I mean, I, we're not going to get famous, but like I just <laughs> I, I love the the progression of everything. It's just been so fun seeing like you break through your own barriers. Like like we have a new song that is close to being done um, called Spanky Panky. Currently is the working title. Um, <laughs> But he, he on that one, he's like, man, I was having a tough one on that mic. It sounded perfect. So I don't know what the problem is, but oh. I, guess, I guess it was an issue for some reason or another. Ugh. Yeah. This is my dog. <laughs> you have a mascot. <laughs> yeah, he's obsessed. He's just been chilling here the whole time. Go on, do something else. He always <laughs> act. Dogs always act like you've been away for hours and hours, don't they, if you've been two minutes? I've been yeah. here all day with them. I left for like 30 minutes to get groceries, and they're like, well, while we were talking about inspirations, it, it clearly shows that the inspiration that you've been seeing growing up or what you still have today certainly is inspiring you in your own work. So it, it just shows how important our inspirations are, whether you're 10, 15, 30, it, it all comes into your process of mind and where you're going sometimes. So. It's good to see that with you still have your inspirations working behind you to get that spark. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, you've talked a little bit about a few songs um, already, and we've just talked about a cheeky one that you're making. What plans have you got coming up in the next few months? Kind of doing the new age plan right now that everybody else is doing where we're going to release you know, a single at a time and try and do a video with every single we do. The, the first video, I, I don't know if you've seen it, I'm sure you have, but it's a, kind of like a home shot. You know, we just shot it out on our phones and we might do that with the next one, but we definitely want to step our game up production-wise and maybe have like an idea or a concept or something like that. But the idea is just to keep building up the production value of the, you know, the videos for the first, you know, three or four singles that we release and then hopefully do a whole, you know, five date song guy or, you know, an EP or we're kind of just playing it by ear now. We have songs written and ready to go, and we're just kind of jamming them all out and getting them ready to go. And mm -hmm. really excited about it. But yeah, we're, we're trying not to rush the process either because yeah. the last like on booty clapping, it was kind of a chaotic week where I'm like editing this video, 
uh, getting the mixes back and forth from our engineer to get it mixed the way we wanted it. Um, and I'm not a video engineer by any stretch. Like I've been kind of learning as I've been going along and stuff. And um, I made, I edited the entirety of Booty Clapping. And, but that was kind of, what was nice about that. I kind of had a little, um, like, how do I want to explain this? A little bit of a, a little slack on it just because the concept of the video is very much like we're chilling in the house, you know, sh there's shot shots of us recording parts, rehearsing parts, all that kind of stuff. Like that's really all, the only point we wanted to get across is like, we're just having a good time. You know, there's dogs in the video for God's sake, like just random <laughs> stuff. Um, right. But like Church said, we, we, we've been kind of brainstorming a lot of ideas on like how to up the production value and just like every video we kind of come out with because every song kind of in, for, from every album deserves its day. You know, it's like when you really think about an album, when they re, when you release the whole album, you just crank through it. You listen to it three or four times. You're like, well, I have these three that I like. This one isn't like when you I, I kind of feel like when you release a song, especially with people's attention spans nowadays, they're almost non-existent. Like, it's good to kind of put all your energy into the, in promoting this song. Um, you know, and granted, some people might hate it and then write you off forever for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not going to be like, but hopefully we have enough songs, like, on Spotify and all these platforms that people can kind of reference if they really are curious about the band. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been kind of fun. I really like putting the energy into, like, each song at a time and really being able to promote that every time it's released and get a video and all that fun stuff. Brilliant. And do you have any collaborations that you're thinking of? I know you have quite a big band, so it's obviously going to be something you'd really have to think hard on and how to mix that and work that. Do you have the collaboration ideas, do you think, at all? Never really, never really talked about that. I know we have enough, you know, talented friends within our scene that we can do a lot of local things. But I mean, I feel like if you're gonna get something collaborative, especially on a vocal thing, it's almost worth it to pay the money and get, you know, a big name to help you boost the promotion of the song, if you will. Right. But uh, I mean, we could probably spend days just writing an album with, you know, the friends in our scene and stuff and the talent we have here bringing people out and just making cool songs with them and stuff but it's never something we've discussed but uh, definitely something to look for in the future i mean i'd definitely be down to collaborate with some friends or artists i look up to mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. it's like because there's so many people we have because we have buddies that'll come up on stage sure yeah. so they'll come up and be like you know bro i love i love this song can i sing it with you guys like yeah, absolutely. Sing the whole thing. Yeah. I don't care. I don't even want to sing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like so that yeah. like, that part is super dope. But like, we're not really super well known by any stretch. And I think, like Church said, it's kind of like at some point in the future, if we can get a big enough name of somebody who would actually care about the band or care about doing a song, like yeah, hundred percent, there'd be no question as to we would do it for sure. It's just a matter of you know, we're just a small band from Iowa that just has a lot of musician friends that we collab with. It's just kind of um, yeah. You know, we'll see what the future holds. For sure. What were you going to say, Aaron? Did I? No, so I said for sure. No, that's that's exactly on point. Okay. So you were just talking um, before how Spotify has opened up um, a lot of spaces for us to put more music and hear more ourselves and get more out. But when it comes down to social media, do you think that's helped? You know, amongst Facebook and. Instagram, maybe even TikTok now, a lot of people are getting some coverage on. It's everything. I mean, yeah. that's, it's literally, 
there, I was just talking to the guys about this the other day. It's like there's this uh, guitar player I watch, not terribly often, but I'll come across his videos. I'll watch because he does a lot of demos and equipment reviews and stuff like that. Um, he got like so he's only ever been a bedroom warrior, like a YouTube guy. Like he's never he's never even played live in a band before. He's just a really good guitar player. Mm -hmm. um, and just this year, he did his first show ever and his first tour with Animals as Leaders, who is like a huge prog metal name. Right. So it's like, to answer your question, it's, it's everything. Like, I, right. wish, I, I wish very much that, you know, just your show alone could get you enough word of mouth to get people out to your shows. That'd be awesome. And it does help. But when it comes to, like, today's day and age, you have to have a presence online, period. Like, there's no question. And thank God church is pretty on top of that. Like, I've had my moments, you know, especially editing the video, and I was getting on kind of a tangent with video editing, like, oh, guitar video, or whatever. But, like, uh, he, he does a lot of the promotion and, and posting stuff and making sure the shows are booked and all that kind of fun stuff. But, like, without Facebook and YouTube and all this stuff, I don't know if I love TikTok. I think it's just a abyss that you get lost in for too long. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, but it is important. I mean, you just have to have your stuff out there for people to like randomly come across. There's been countless bands I've seen, just like a clip, a little YouTube short. That I'm like, oh, what's that about? And then it's like, well, I now officially love this band, and they're on every playlist I have. So yeah. Well, even just the ease of being able to share like uh, Spotify or an Apple Music link of like, you know, hey, this is our new song. This is where you can check it out, and then like it's crazy to see how far it can spread. I mean, we're talking to you and like, I would have <laughs> never thought that like Literally. our music would have crossed the pond or, you know, it's just <laughs> wild to me, you know? For sure. Yeah. When you first reached out to us, I was like, we're, we're <laughs> <UK>? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, dude, that's what's up. I like that. <laughs> just some girl uh, waiting. for. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, when I first actually went out on my project to go and do my first week in social media manager for Nixus Health and Nixus, um, Mel was like, come on now, like, you've got to go out and I want you to find who inspires you, who you like, and I want some taste from yourself, you know, because we don't want all the same generic people being in a line because we're not going to meet all the people of rock or all people of different genres. It's not going to open people's minds. So... The first week I went out, I just went for, like, my blends. I don't really think about anybody else. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go for what I like. <laughs> so off I went. Um, literally, you were the first band that I actually come across that I sat and listened to for, like, literally the whole day because I like to listen to somebody, hear them out, hear what they're going to sing about, and then come back and talk to you because I don't think you, you could talk to someone properly unless – you know, about their music, unless you've listened or you're trying to get what their message is. So it's always worth that time spending on the band before you talk to them. So for me, it's always an experience of each band before I even, like that was back in what, April. Um, and then I've got to watch then since April, you progress since I've seen you as a band and what you're doing and where you go in and things like that. So it's, it just takes that person time, doesn't it, on social media to clock into the right place, just catch that sound, and then you're away. So for me, even though I was in the UK, the Spotify is open for me to hear you from anywhere you live. So like you say, it might be over the pond, but I got to hear it 
where years ago I might not have ever, ever heard what you were bringing um, because, it was, like I say, it was only on TV type of days that we could ever see things like that or Kerrang. So mm-hmm. for the UK, it was hard for us to get a lot of movement. So, yeah, it was. It's it's good now, especially for us. We can see everything that's going on over there and no one's hiding anything. <laughs> so we can see no. people... <laughs> Perfect. So we were talking about how you get into get creative. Um, obviously, you do a lot of rehearsing at home, a lot of rehearsing as a band. Where do you get a chance to work out your obligations and life balance? I think the obligations kind of take the the biggest slice of that cake for most of us. It's yeah. uh, few, a couple of us have you know kids and a family, so that's the big thing is. Get, I mean, all of us have jobs, so work in our own places, so paying the bills comes first, you know, and unfortunately. Well, but, the three um, of us don't have kids, which is why we're on this stream right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the three of us don't have kids are here right now, so. Yeah. There's, there's obligations everywhere, but, I mean, it's just uh, you got to have the, the drive to do it when you get home, and you got to have the drive to do it, you know. I, I work construction. I'm out on a road crew every day, but I got to, every little break I get, I got to get on my phone and go, okay, it's noon. This is a good time to post. People will see it for, mm-hmm. for all of, you know, whatever bands I'm in or myself, if I got a show coming up or anything like that. So it's definitely hard to balance it, but if you do it right, it's not impossible. And social media definitely helps where you don't have to go crank out a bunch of flyers and then run around town for three days, throwing them up everywhere you can, you know? Well, no one leaves their house anymore. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I work 50 hours a week and then we jam maybe once every couple weeks. We talk about every day, whether it yeah. be about the music or just, you know, shooting the shit about whatever's going it's down. But, going for whatever yeah. reason or whatever. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get together, but when we do, it's always... A good time. Yep. Well, I think it's like the to make to add to your point. It's like when we have to drive because when we're doing rehearsal, we have to drive at least an hour or two, one way or another. Like so, it's like when yeah. we get there, it, it like kind of it always bums me out a little bit because I'm there to practice. Like we're you know, we're there to jam, or when you guys come to my place, we're here to jam. And I it's, it sucks that I want to be able to just sit for like two more hours and just shoot the breeze about whatever, just because yes. like. How's your week? You know, how's things going? Yeah. But it's like you know, we're hammering out songs and trying to make sure stuff is, or you know, organized and all that kind of stuff, and the songs sound good. It's like, it, it's it's tough to balance that because with the lack of time we really have with each other, it's like we got to hammer it down because by the man with kids, you know, you know, we play and by nine, kids got to go to bed, everyone goes home. It's kind of a almost like not a one night stand thing, but it definitely feels like after you leave, you're like. I feel different. This is it was, <laughs> definitely, definitely. It wasn't enough. I thought it was a little better. <laughs> we have we have this we have this thing called the Iowa goodbye, and it's where you stand there for it's like a, a thing in Iowa that everybody does. You just say yep for like an hour before you actually leave. Like, well, better get going. Then you talk wow. about minutes, wow. and ours is like. Man, you gotta you gotta pick your moment to say goodbye, otherwise you'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's like, oh, I gotta work in the morning because like I'll take most of the blame for never, that. We, like, we never run out of stuff to talk about. We all like the same stuff. We all have you know, don't see each other enough. So it's always like, okay, let's get this in while we can, and then we gotta get out of here. Like, so yeah, it's, yep. it's good. 
Google Calendar is our best friend in band. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> we all mark down what are no-go dates, and then we just confirm with everyone, and yeah, just got to make it work. Five schedules, and five different work schedules, family schedules, all different birthdays, events, you know. Yeah. Just make it work, and I mean, we also don't get mad when, like, you know, oh, sorry, I'm going to a concert, or oh, I'm going to a birthday this weekend, like, just like, doesn't work, doesn't work. So we're all pretty understanding and easy going. Oh, we're all in our thirties, dude. We just started. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth getting worked up over. No. There is a process once you pass the thirties, we could just take it in abundance. <laughs> yeah, I'm 22, I'm just like, yeah, let's get in the van, let's travel, let's play all these shows around the country. Blah. Oh, now I have negative a lot of money let's not do that <laughs> and it's funny like when you get to it like where you're like financially like stable you got your house you got like pets and you got like a nice little life but you still love doing music you're like oh man if i would have just been smarter when i was 22 i could have had all that and now i had to wait till i was 30 to get my life together but it's fine you know right. <laughs> We're here. We made it, baby. We did it. We're here. We're alive. <laughs> as long as we're all safe and happy, that's all that matters. Correct. <laughs> so we've talked about having confidence and we've talked about working together or even individually when you get creative. How would you define success as an artist? What is success for yourself? Hmm. I think just conveying whatever I'm writing and having somebody, somebody if, if it be one person or a lot of people, just connect to it and feel, you know, what I was feeling. I feel like that's successful expression, you know, of art. Uh, if you would ask me when I was 18 or 20, like John was saying, it would be touring every weekend and, you know, my money and, you know, being on, being on a bus and all this stuff. And, like, as I got older, I just realized that I just love having – people that I can play music with and have a good scene of people that enjoy our music. And I think just making art that you enjoy yourself and that people connect with is for me, what it is to be a success. Yeah. It's super cool to like look out into the crowd and see people singing along with the words of stuff or like moving or just like, even standing there with a goofy grin on their face going like, yeah, like, you know, it's just, <laughs> It's really awesome to, like Church said, have people connect to the music and just, you know, come up to you and tell you how much they loved it. And, like, that never gets old for me. So, that, Right, and that's what makes you – because we all – like, if you're an original musician, you – every person that goes into music knows that they have a point oh oh one percent chance of being financially successful in music. So I, I never really come at it from a financial aspect. Like we don't we don't take a, a penny from our shows. We just put it in a band fund and just buy more stuff like for the band with it. It's like you just kind of have like accept that you know um, unless you're willing to put literally every inch of like everything you have into this band, like because the amount of sacrifice that it requires is like almost unmanageable. Like there's been famous musicians that have said like. As soon as they dropped their production, or not their production, but their management company, for example, that was like helping them book tours and hire staff and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm doing it all myself. It's too expensive. 
then they realized I will never do that again. Like three months in, they're like, that's the worst experience of my life because it literally requires too much out of a person's abilities. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. So like what they like what both they, um, Aaron Church said, it's like, my opinion of success is just being happy doing it. Like you don't have to have, make a lot of money from it. Like, and it is nice. Obviously it's obviously what we all want is for people to enjoy our music and relate to it and like really sing along and, get excited for our shows like that's all any of us really want is just to yeah. play music with people we like and share music with other bands musicians people like to me that's successful is just when there's a community around a common theme of mm -hmm. just joy dude like just having fun playing music because it's it's gotten harder to find mm -hmm. lately because it's so online based and people's attention spans are so bad that like they don't really, a lot of people don't go out to shows and then don't stay late for shows. Like, it's just, it's it's weird. The, the temperature in the water has been weird the last, like, five years. Obviously, it's been a weird five years, but for many reasons. But, um, yeah, I think to add to that point, like I said, it's just being happy, just doing what you like to do and conveying that to everyone else around you is what I want. That's it. Everybody's success is different in their mind. Um, and it's important that everyone in the band understands that as well and everyone has their own inspirations at times and it just it's, it keeps you going doesn't it mm -hmm. Definitely. I would say reaching your goals just one more quick thing is like having those goals you said just like get the song recorded by this date make a video because like it's just euphoric once you get those little goals done and just keeping leveling up off of that that's, that's what I wanted to also add is just after we released the video, it's like we have this new lineup. We got Aaron in here now. We got Adam. We have this video, this new song. Like, just that energy, that success to me. Like, that vibe and that push and that just overall energy was everything that, to me, feels like success. So I'm going to go to a little bit of a fun question now. If you could build your own tour lineup, who are we going to see? This would be a very mixed bag, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't want to go. For it. I'd have to throw uh, Incubus in the mix. I know I've mentioned them too many times already, but they're it's my band. Uh -huh. so they'd, be, they'd be on the lineup, probably. At least that's who I'm throwing on the lineup. If everybody wants to put their bands in, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have to say four years strong. Four years strong would have to be on it, just because they're a huge inspiration. So, yeah. Yeah, they're so yeah, definitely them. Uh, God, that's such a tough question. Honestly, right. if Matt was here, if Matt was here, he'd probably say Blink. Blink, possibly yeah. Blink One Eighty Two. Um, trying to think who Adam was. Adam would say some weird shit. No, No, I don't know. Maybe Metallica. I don't know. I mean, well, the devil. <laughs> well, I don't want to pick anybody too huge because it's like. Who's like, headlining? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's a yeah. green lineup. <laughs> Maybe our direct, direct support, right? right. Um, right. But we, we have to be on the show. That's weird. Yeah, that's, that's the weird part. Like we get, the, we, get, we, get the, we get the nice middle middle slot, <laughs> the cozy spot, um, the, e the evening slot. Gosh, yeah, that's a tough one. There's like four years strong. I like Knuckle Puck a lot, um, but. Like maybe Paramore would be dope. Like I don't know, just some like bigger pop yeah. groups would be sick. Okay. Um, 
that's that's all I'm gonna say. I have too many bands. Full, like literally, my brain's overloading. So I'm if just we're going. Gonna... If we're going pop punk bands, I'd probably throw the Used and my our uh, Motion City soundtrack on there. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Um, say Newfound uh, Glory or Taking Back Sunday. All right. Um, set your goals would be oh, awesome. Yeah. Taking Back would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pretty much any band that we grew up listening to, or you know. <laughs> Coheed and Cambria are always amazing live. Oh, yes. Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys play pretty good. Like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> we had a lot of people come out at one time to try and keep with, up with um, at one stage. And I can imagine totally the tour lineup for a lot of people would just be phenomenal. We'd have a lot of tour bus lines. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot okay, of festivals. Because so. no one can decide yeah. like three. <laughs> There's so many festivals at the minute between oh, yeah. Britain, UK, Germany, right. Netherlands, you name it. I don't think there's enough money in the world for us all to get to them all. Right. <laughs> no, there isn't, truly. They do look brilliant, though. Okay, what's, so for me when I oh sorry, go what's, on. The, what, what's the big festival where you are? Like where where right around where you're at? What's the well this week we're having Glastonbury. This is Glastonbury. this week Glastonbury. Um, <laughs> it was Download Festival about a week ago, okay. maybe two weeks ago. So okay. it's we're we're on the rock curve at the moment and just working our way through summer. And then when we get to more September, that's when the pop and the rave kind of comes in. So we gotcha. get a lot of space for our rock and a lot of people who've come from underground trying to get all their indie out and things like that are going to be there because there's so many tents. So right you'll have some headliners and they'll be up on one stage. But then the people who are trying to get more intricate will go in at like a smaller tent and they can listen to some acoustic vibes or they could go and listen to something that's quite more alternative. Yeah, um, and each each place has got somewhere for you to go and enjoy. And Download Festival is kind of the same. It has a few little tents, but they get the main stage up there. Um, but no, for one thing that I was been watching at the moment is um, like Rock Ridge and things like that over there with you guys. Like yeah. that was fall. That looks really cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like for us, was... we don't get it that big. <laughs> we kind of break it up. <laughs> Okay, well, for me, when I met um, you guys online and I started to see what you were doing, for me, the first thing that caught me was your single booty clapping. So I'd like to go now and we're going to have a listen and have a little talk when we get back. Right. And um, we're going to ask you the famous Nix's question as well. <laughs> Everybody looks forward to. Okay, so here is a booty clapping. Let's go.
to booty clapping um what can you tell us about booty clapping how did we get there that honestly <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> well we had a few drinks we drove home no, um, <laughs> um no that one was kind of like funny because that's a riff i've had for a number of years that i just sort of it's like a, it was almost like a warm-up riff or just like a riff that I just enjoyed noodling around with because it's like a lot of notes and just it's really good for your hand exercises and stuff. But um, I never really thought that song would really come to full fruition. But like with this group of guys, like I showed them the riffs. 
I'm like, is this even something that would be plausible? And they're like, yes, finish the song. That's awesome. Do it. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And so I just kind of kept cranking through it and came up with that, the whole song and stuff. And it was uh, even like the way the bridge went, because it goes into a pretty heavy bridge. <laughs> and um, the way it transitions worked out nice, because like I was working on that specific part one night, and I like, asked my girlfriend in the other room, I'm just like, is this too much? Is this like just totally off the... Like, would anybody even think this makes sense? No, she's like, that's sick. Absolutely. Just do that. I was like, okay. So it, literally this is just a song surrounded by doubt on my, on my end. Uh, just like, I don't think people like it or want to play it or whatever. Um, but the booty clap and the title was just like, after I record a song, I'll just throw in a name. Like, it'll just be like, just some random, my first thought that comes to my head so that I can identify the song like Rinky Dinky or, you know, whatever stupid name I come up with. And Booty Claffin was technically the original name that I just had as a working title, and they just never wanted to change it. So that's... <laughs> we couldn't come up with anything better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a funny, stupid name. Yeah, it's just a stupid name. My mom was really proud. She's like, Booty Claffin. Oh, nice, okay. <laughs> really speaks to the heart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Does the trick, I guess. <laughs> and has nothing to do with the lyrics. Perfect. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. Well, like the lyric wise, uh, so I just moved, my parents just retired. Um, and so I'd moved them from my childhood home uh, to go live in the same city as my brother because my brother has kids and so they want to be closer to grandkids. And it was really like a self reflective time because, like, all of my friends growing up, all we wanted was to get out of our small town and then, like, you know, go travel, see the world, and see how much is actually out there and how many people are still stuck in that small-town bubble, you know, never having left, you know, the 50-mile radius, radius of where they were born. Um, and so some frustrations with that, but then realizing, like, kind of made you who you are, that kind of thing. Sure. And so... and all of us came from like the same area of Iowa. So we all have like a similar mentality or we see the same things. Um, and so just, you know, wanting it to change, but also recognizing that that's where we came from. And yeah. Well, it's like, it's like certain parts, irritation while simultaneously being appreciation for where you grew up, because it's right. like when you grow up in a small town, a lot of ignorance, a lot of just like, this is how we live and nothing's going to change it. And we're cool with nothing new in our lives, like at times, right? And when you go to like bigger towns, because I think we've all come from a small area, but then we're kind of residing in a larger, you know, metropolitan yeah. kind of area. And it's like when you experience like different stuff, different cultures, different types of people, different music, all this different stuff, it's like you just kind of you just sort of feel bad it's like like Aaron was saying when he kind of showed me these lyrics it's like I can 100% relate to that because it's like yeah small town world is kind of garbage in certain ways like some people love it like I'm not trying to knock like obviously you said you live in a village and you love it <laughs> you, you did the opposite of what we did you went bigger and now you're like I like peace and quiet and blah, blah, blah. right which I also love I really do I, I do appreciate why people like small town or small community vibes because it's very like there's not a lot of crazy stuff going on it's really easy to navigate and it's more peaceful and all that fun stuff 
Um, but like going through all that, it's like, man, it's just, it's hard not to still be somewhat frustrated with all that kind of that mindset and that kind of closed mindedness and all that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. kind of where a lot of our issues reside with that, with this song specifically, for sure. For sure. Or I also feel like not from, as a, you know, that's from the lyrical standpoint, but I just think of in the song in general, it was very just like a, hey, we got two new members, let's show them off, because the yeah. heavy, I feel like the heavy part really showcases, we brought in Adam, and Adam's predominantly a metal guitarist, he has always been a metal <laughs> guy, even though he plays, you know, he can play anything, you tell him to play, you play some you know, honky-tonk shit at practice sometimes, that we're like, okay, whatever that was, <laughs> but like... <laughs> We gave him his moment to shine with like the really heavy, heavy metally part, and kind of told people like, "Hey, this guy's in the band now. We're gonna do this a little more," and like blah blah. blah. And then also we got you know, Aaron over here his first vocal performance, which is amazing. And then he has a scream in the middle of it that's I don't even know how long it is, but it's freaking crazy. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's our dude. Like, I, yeah, I, I think there's really two. It's just another way to be like, okay, we're still Pluto, but this is what's going on now. It's gonna Dang. get a little heavy, gonna get a little weird at times. I hope you guys are ready for that. You know, so yeah. it's a yeah, well, cool, cool way to start out the new the new chapter. Definitely. I'm glad you brought up the scream thing because I I always forget about it. But when I was recording, because Aaron did his whole. You should really. How how many seconds was it? Twelve or some. I think, I think it's twelve or thirteen seconds of one breath, but I, the scream isn't the entire thing. That's um, most of it, but like it's most of it, but it's not because I say a couple words on the same breath. Um, okay. I, okay. And then you know, once again, I think it's like eleven out of thirteen seconds or something of that is just screaming. Jesus. Well, so I guess point being, I'm recording him doing that. He's taking this big breath and just laying into this high nonsense. <laughs> I'm trying to layer screams underneath it with mine. And it's so funny because I had to actually chop mine in half and just double it because I could not, I literally can't hold that breath that long. And this kid's out here just like, eh, for like, <laughs> God, it's like, it's like, it's, it's frustratingly awesome where it's like he's just exceeding these like like expectations and pushing these boundaries and stuff and it's pushing me as well uh, but like yeah there's just certain things I can't do bro and I had to like edit it and make it just fit the length of time that he was able to actually hold out that entire scream it just blew my mind and he still does it like live and all that too obviously so it's an absolutely incredible song. Um, everybody just flourishes in it. Um, and like you said, I, I did not expect the scream because of where it was going with the rift and then the bridge and then just boom. I was like, oh, oh, so <laughs> that's what we're doing here. So it was nice to catch another element. It was, and then back into the rift to just bring it back to where you were. Uh -huh. um, it was perfect, perfect drops in there as well. Thank you. I really enjoy yeah. that. Um, so we are going to go to our famous question that Melanie Nix absolutely loves an answer to because it is important and it means something different to everybody. So let's go for it. What advice would you give your younger self? You want me to go first? Sure. <laughs> I, got a, I got a lot of them. I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> but I got to pick one. I don't know. I think uh, since we're on the you know the old music podcast, I'll just go with something. You know, when I was younger, I focused way too much, and even up to you know a couple of years, a few years back now, I would always just focus on 
who's at my show and how many people are there and like how are they reacting to it and like I would kind of get wrapped up in that and stuff but uh in the my later years in life like now I'm just like I don't care I just want to be out there playing I just like I guess I would just tell myself not to focus so much on what people think or like what people what what, what don't focus on making what people want to hear just make it what you want to hear and if people like it they like it if not that's cool too uh, so mine would probably be just patience and stick to it. Cause like, you know, I wasn't in a band for the last 10 years before this, but you know, I always played music for fun and, you know, just keep on practicing, keep on grinding and eventually it'll fall into place. And that's what happened for me. So I think just that reassurance that it will work out. Just gotta, just gotta be patient and keep working. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I like it's the patient thing. Like, you, you, as a young younger musician, especially or a younger person, you try to force a lot of things to like be to fabricate themselves, and you try to force like when you get, we need to go on tour, we need to do this, I need to do this. Like, it's just so like you're just so extra when you're 22. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, and like, I guess the advice I would give from a music, I guess I'll just say from a musical standpoint, since that's pretty much how I've always identified myself as just a musician, but it's like, just pace yourself better. Think like record. Honestly, the biggest one that I talk to my old band members about a lot is just get into engineering, record your stuff. Like, cause like I said, the, the ability to be able to listen to it back over and over again really lets you hone in everything and it helps everybody get excited. Because if the only time you're excited about the music is when you're there once every two weeks jamming with each other, you're like, this is pretty cool. All right, see you guys later, and we'll see you in the studio when we inevitably record the song. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably the biggest thing from a musical standpoint for me is, like, re- like, just learn to record your own stuff young. Like, just crank it out there so that you have a, a record of all your stuff. You can see how you've grown as a person. Um, and then on top of that, the other thing I would say is know what – what your goal is sooner. Like if your goal is in fact to tour and be a famous musician, then you got to be willing to do it period. That's it. Like there's no, I kind of still want to do this though, but like it'd be dope to be famous. There's no in between. Like you got to put every bit of what you have. And this is for anything, not just music. Like if you want to have a good career, if you want to have a good job, or you want to have a family, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's ways to kind of dabble with a lot of different things, but if you really want to get famous or huge as a musician, you can't really almost, you don't have time for, you won't have time for anything else if that's really what you want. So set your goals early um, and just, but like start with baby ones, just make smaller goals. If your inevitable one is here, just make sure you have these in between it. Otherwise, because that's what, you know, my old band, we always joke about is like, you know, we shot for a goal we weren't at all ready for in any way, shape or form, you know, like touring, we were like broke, you know, like it was just, it was so fun. Like I don't regret a thing about it in the regard of the experience of it, but like not being able to like financially support yourself or know what steps to take to manage your band and stuff. You got to get all that stuff reeled in, like just the promoting online presence, networking, get it buffed out and just take baby steps. You don't need to just shoot for this huge goal right away because then you're going to be broke. You're going to run out of steam. You're going to get jaded because you got screwed over by all these, you know, like just set your set realistic expectations for yourself. (laughs) Yep. 
And the, it's a problem because in a band, when you have an ego or you're like, I want to be a rock star, it's like checking yourself on that stuff is the biggest hurdle to jump. So. Yeah. Definitely. And it can be hard for people to figure out as they're growing up where they're going to go. But I think that's because of the impressions that they see of people in front of them sometimes. They can get the wrong idea. So just taking that time and being a little bit more humble and calm enough on yourself can be heavily implemented. Okay, so now we're coming to the end. Um, would you like to talk about any other news or social media links that you have or anything coming up? Uh, <laughs> you've got Facebook, Instagram, uh, a very fledgling TikTok, but it's all under <laughs> Sorry Pluto Band. Um, YouTube. You can find, yep, YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Um, we'll have our yes. new song out in the next month or so, uh, just whenever we get it mixed and stuff, but we're still tinkering with it. So it's a good follow up to Booty Clapping. And we'll be steadily putting stuff out the remainder of the year and into next year. We'll probably be able to put at least like probably three, hopefully three, four more songs out before the end of the year if everything paced as well, at least with the video yeah. and all the stuff like we talked about. That's our goal. Um, yeah, I think within about a month, we'll have the next thing pretty shortly. Um, we have a few shows coming up. I mean, obviously, I don't know if anybody in the UK is going to take a flight to see us play <laughs> bar, but... <laughs> Um, so we're playing say, skate park uh, July 1st it'll be a good time skate park come on down to the skate park July 1st Waterloo, <laughs> Iowa it's really easy to find if you're coming all the way from England <laughs> yeah, but yeah they just pay attention to the socials and stuff we'll try to post more often because like we've been kind of in the inner workings of this new song so we haven't been posting as much about it but we're really excited about this one I think this is a really cool really fun song um, it really pushes Aaron to his limits, but it's uh, it's pretty cool for that exact reason. That's what makes it kind of fun for this song. And so, Adam. But, we're, we're putting it to the new members. We're giving yeah. Aaron and Adam a tough task on this new one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because me and Church on this new one, it's like him and I are just sitting here riffing on like three chords for a while. And Aaron's like, ah. Oh, <laughs> oh, just dying on stage. Dying. I'm always like, that went pretty well. He's like, Oh my god! Yeah, it was fine. He's—I always forget how much, how much crap I put into that song for him to have to play. That poor guy, but he's a champ and he—he uh, he nails it. So I can't complain. Obviously, that's it. That's brilliant. So we've got plenty coming up to listen to and to look out for. But um, for today, I want to say thank you so much to yourself, John, Aaron, and Church, and um, from Sorry Pluto. It's been an amazing experience today to come along your journey and listen how you've all got together and adapted. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for having us. This was a really cool, unexpected uh, opportunity for us. We really, really appreciate it very much. Yeah. Thank it's you so much. Great. Thank you. It's a great treat. And I need you to send me a tape of you reading a book so it's like an ASMR thing for me to fall asleep to. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel is what we normally start with over here yeah. at the moment. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so thank you everybody for listening today. Um, don't forget to find Nix's podcast on Spotify, Insta, Facebook, and catch up with the team there. And um, thank you for listening tonight. Um, with Nix's podcast, Aims from the Stars. See you again soon. Bye now. Thank you, sorry, Pluto.
Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>